Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag BYU. Wilson sprinting left, throws end zone, and it's caught. Touchdown. That was a great throw. The tight end, Isaac Rex. There, Wilson with a play fake. Going deep left side. He's got a man wide open, and the catch is made. That's Powell down the sideline. Neil Powell into the end zone. Touchdown. I say Powell. That's Dax Milne. Milne with the catch from Wilson, and BYU is not slowing down. 70 yards to Dax Milne for the Cougars' touchdown. And BYU blows out Troy, improves to 2-0. Zach Wilson throws yards. PK, how could it have been any better a home opener than that? Well, it could have been a better opponent. Aha! But other than that, the Cougars roll up 664 yards of total offense. They totally dominate for the second game in a row, and it leads to the question, how good are they really? Are Navy and Troy awful, or is BYU that good? Well, it could have had fans in there. That would have been another positive. Could have shut them out. Uh, Mill couldn't have dropped that punt. Special teams, first punt of the game. Man, I am on a uh, – you might as well just jump in and stop me, or you're else I'm going to come up with come 50 on, things. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're thinking like a coach. They're one big. They're feeling really good. we got to point out some negatives or they'll get a big head. That was a great opportunity for them uh, to get some more exposure in a world where it got started a little bit more. Obviously, the SEC, Big 12, had some really good games going on. Uh, So, BYU, you know, you're opening eyes because you're playing teams that don't have the rep, but you're pounding them, and you've got a lot of experience. You know, we can play this what-if game. This is the old days. How good is this BYU football team? You know, with these schedules that they've had in recent years, you really didn't have to worry about that. And the schedule that Tom had put together, we wouldn't have had to worry about it. We would have known by now. They would have played enough quality teams to where if they would have won their share or more, we couldn't say, oh, well, that team's having a down year, like we've said so many times in the past when BYU doesn't get credit for beating a brand name. Well, this year they had a bunch of brand names, but it was taken away from them. Still a very good football team, and hopefully Tom can – you know, there's talk of Boise State, and maybe in a bowl game we'll see if they can get some better competition, uh, or at least uh, on paper better competition. Louisiana Tech, I mean, I'm not going to throw them out the door for this week, but it does leave a lot of questions. Just how good is this team being the primary question and the overwhelming question, actually? That is the question of the morning. It's up on social media. You can hit us up on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. You can hit me on Twitter, at David DJ James. They're 2-0. and but how good are they really? How much does it say about the Cougars? And how much does it say about Navy and Troy? But another dominating win for the Cougars. They dropped in the national polls. Well, that's because the Big Ten and the, the Pac-12 were allowed back in since they're going to play after all. The Cougars, 22 in both polls after being 18 and 21. So that's weird, but, well, 2020 is weird, so whatever. Win big and drop. Go figure. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football.
Costello takes a shotgun snap, floats it out left side. Hill pulls in a high pass, has the first down across the 35, across the 45, breaks a tackle, 50. Go, Kylan, go. 20, 10, 5, to the house. Touchdown, Kylan Hill. Hill in the backfield with Costello, who takes a snap. Slings it for the end zone. Touchdown, Bulldogs. Oh, Cyrus Mitchell. Oh, my. And he's put Mississippi State in front, 43-34, and over the right shoulder grab in the back right of the end zone. Well, PK, I know the national narrative is the Pac-12 sucks, but it turns out if you put a Pac-12 coach at Mississippi State and you put a Pac-12 quarterback at Mississippi State, they can take apart an LSU team in the opener. That we yeah. know for sure. Well, I mean, that was just something. 623 yards, I think it was, and the five touchdowns. Costello, you know, he came out of Southern California with all sorts of credentials. So we've watched him play. He's been on our show when we were down there at Pac-12 Media Day, sat right across him. He's a big kid. Leach with the passing mind, obviously, likes the air raid attack. So you put those two together, and uh, voila, as they say in France. I don't know if they say it in voila, uh, say voila in France, but they should. And that was sensational. After what felt like three straight weeks of week zero, where there's playing college football, but uh, didn't do much for me. This one, this one felt a little different because there were so many brand name schools that we all watch in trouble, and some of them got beat, like LSU. And obviously, LSU sent a lot of guys to the NFL, so maybe the expectations are just way too high for them. Uh, expectations are high for third-ranked Oklahoma, and they blew a 21-point lead. They had a 21-point lead twice and blew it and lost to Kansas State 38-35. Even if they were going to give up points, PK, it didn't seem like there was any reason for their offense to come to a grinding halt in the fourth quarter, but it did. Yeah, Rattler threw an interception there that sealed the game. The block punt was a big difference, uh, so you had special teams involved. A lot of things going on in that game. You were thinking Oklahoma had control of it. And sure enough, man, K-State with a thrilling, thrilling come-from-behind win. Also, Texas was in trouble, down 56-41 with about three and a half minutes to go. But they got a touchdown, an onside kick, another touchdown, a two-point conversion, and they won in overtime. So Oklahoma goes down. Texas barely survives. LSU gets beat. Uh, there, there were good results all over the place, entertaining games. I wonder, you know, with the, I don't know that I could say that they didn't, they didn't have training because they did have some form of training camp, but I, I, I don't know if it's just the screwy nature of it or any given Saturday and, and it's the big 12 and they don't play any defense anyway. So you got all those <laughs> things factoring in, you know, we're used to big scores coming out of that conference, uh, Oklahoma. And really hasn't had a defensive team in a good while. It's a lot of offense for these guys. and So it, football's back, man. It is something to uh, now we can get excited about and start the weekly countdown. You know, I wonder if it's just the, uh, the lack of um, the non-conference games where you have a couple gimmies and it enables you to kind of make mistakes and play through them and win anyway. And now... You don't have the non-conference game. You just go into the deep end of the pool. So when you make those mistakes, you get punished for them instead of uh, getting away with it because you're playing a team that's not as big, not as fast, and not as talented. Yeah, but the other guys aren't doing it either, so that washes out. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. 
second and goal now from just inside the one. Uh, Disley and Hollister lined up in the backfield. Probably shift him out. Play or fake not. to him on Hollister. Yes, he does. He takes the catch in the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks. Russell looks, sets, has time. Going to throw to the end zone. DK, he makes the catch. Touchdown, Seahawks. The Seahawks win another high-scoring thriller, 38-31. They beat the Cowboys. That's after their 35-30 win over the Patriots. Russell Wilson is throwing touchdown passes all over the place, and that defense is going to make sure he has a chance to accomplish the dramatic, PK. They're letting everybody else stay in the game. Uh, Yeah, that was an exciting game, man. Uh, Russell Wilson continues to scintillate. They're 3-0, which is important as you start to maybe, still a little early, obviously, but establish yourself. I think everybody in the West now has a loss, the NFC West I'm talking about. So Seattle's in first place. I think they're legitimate. Uh, Cowboys uh, change coaches. Not sure you really make a difference there, but they play in such a crappy division that they're probably still the best team. Russell Wilson is lighting it up with his uh, 14 touchdown passes in three games. Nobody's done that. You're looking for another quarterback lighting it up. Uh, Josh Allen's already thrown for 1,000 yards in three games. And the Bills are 3-0. They blew a huge lead to the Rams and then went down the field and converted a third and 22 on the game-winning drive. Got a help from a really shaky pass interference call. I thought it was a no call, but the refs called it, kept the drive alive, and they scored a touchdown and win the game. And Allen... Is looking awesome. A former uh, Wyoming quarterback who is lighting it up in Buffalo. Yeah, I thought that call was horrendous. It was on fourth down. I, I mean, it's just a regular jostle, give and take. Uh, guys fighting with each other that you see on so many different types of plays. But somehow they decided that was pass interference. It's like they knew it was fourth down. And so they uh, turned around. Well, not turned around. What am I trying to say? They said, well, it's fourth down. So this play has to be totally clean. And rather than, well, wait a second here. That's if we talk about a play that would you wouldn't call it earlier in the game, you know, the old uh, NBA thing of fouls a foul. Well, fouls in the fourth quarter you don't call. It was like the other way. Yeah. Fouls in the fourth quarter you do call. And and if I'm uh, if I'm the Rams, man, I, I just feel like I got totally ripped off. Other scores of note, the Packers beat the Saints 37-30. Taysom Hill with the uh, untimely fumble there, PK. Losing the ball, and that was a big play as the Packers pull out, pull it out at the end, and Aaron Rodgers throws three TD passes. Well, a couple of things. They were saying that a guy said this was the worst draft choice to draft Jordan Love. For this season, it was the best thing they could have done. Because <laughs> they fired up Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. And so Aaron Rodgers looks like uh, he was reborn, uh, and he's always been very good. So I don't want to say, oh, he turned back the clock because he was pretty good last year, but he might be better this year. And this Hill thing, you know, it's never really burned them because he's come in on a bunch of plays at times where uh, if you were to make a mistake, it would be so crucial. But he's never really done that until Sunday night. He did that. The ball was loose and... And, and obviously it hurt them. It's not the play that cost them the game, but it certainly hurt them at the time. Raiders get their first loss. New England able to run the ball throughout that game and uh, beat the Raiders 36-20. 
The Broncos may never win again. The Buccaneers beat them 28 to 10. They got so many injuries in Denver. They're winless right now. And another winless team out there, Minnesota is 0-3. The Titans have won three squeakers in a row. They could barely beat anybody, but they always seem to pull it out in the end. 31-30, they beat Minnesota. Six field goals, and clutch field goals have been the name of the game for them this year. That's why you need to get a rule on field goals. You get three chances per half. Use them at your discretion. You just can't allow games to be all field goals. It just really bugs me. The Patriots, you know, he's taken with a Burkhead and T- uh, Taylor, the kid from the U of A, small kid. Uh, you should remember him. He was a running back for them the last few years, along with Shell there. And away you go. And here we go again. And they're, you know, obviously they're a yard away from being undefeated. Uh, and Buffalo is going to give them a test. But other than that, not sure that uh, the other, the Jets and Miami is going to be able to challenge the Dolphins or the uh, Patriots. I mean, you never know on the given Sunday, the old phrase that Pete Rozelle coined decades ago. It does play out. So there's not a huge difference between a lot of teams. But I expect the Patriots, I don't know that they're going to be in the playoffs, but I certainly expect them to be a playoff contender. And if they get in, I'm not going to be surprised at all. Monday Night Football, it's the Chiefs, it's the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, NFL MVP, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, ESPN tonight. Can't get more hype than this one this early in the season, PK. This is it. Oh, it's Two a game quarterbacks of the week. we all yeah. love to watch. Yeah, I'm excited for the game. And the weird story of the weekend, uh, Joe Montana confronting a home intruder who was attempting to kidnap their nine-month-old grandchild. The kid was asleep in a playpen on Saturday. The woman, unknown woman enters the home in Malibu, and uh, Montana and his wife Jennifer confront the woman and get the kid back. That was a bizarro story. Well, the suspect has been identified. It isn't an unknown woman, uh, but, yeah, that is a bizarre story. But, you know, the thing that struck me is I saw, and I, I obviously I should have realized it, but they had Montana, comma, 64, comma. When did Joe Montana become 64 years old? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. One no. day at a time, like everything else. I mean, the, the, the quarterback of my youth is 64 years old? Wait a minute. <laughs> it really, really surprised me for some reason. I I just think of Joe Montana uh, as forever young, Steve Young's foundation. But <laughs> nevertheless, he's 64 years old. And, that, I mean, that's a, like a lighthearted line in a serious story. But fortunately, Joe sent out a tweet, everything's okay. It is a bizarre story. But Joe Montana, 64 years old. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Back to Bam. Same spot. Trying to find Robinson. Bam will put it on the deck. Goes in. Off the glass and good. Right over Brown. Inside Bam. Little 10-footer. He has fouled and got it to go. And he'll go to the line to try and tie this game up. Excuse me. Take a one-point lead. And the Miami Heat are headed to the NBA Finals for the sixth time in franchise history, looking for their fourth Larry O'Brien Trophy, beating the Boston Celtics four games to two in the best-of-seven Eastern Conference Final. The final score, Miami 125 and Boston 113. 
So it's the Heat and it's the Lakers. They both clinch over the weekend. The Lakers get it done in five games on Saturday night. They knock the Nuggets out. The Heat beat the Celtics in six. Anything really surprise you, PK? Or these series, they were kind of pointing in this direction and these two teams did what they were supposed to do. I thought the Heat had the best player in the East as the players got go- as the playoffs got going, I should say, and that was Jimmy Butler. So I identified them a couple of series ago thinking that they were going to be there because I just didn't think the Bucks had enough. And the Heat, they got Jimmy Butler and Drogic. They got some good, good players to, to support those guys. And then they got two Kentucky guys, man, out of bio and freaking hero. I, I've been saying it. I've been saying it for years. Calipari knows how to identify and recruit ballers. And guys who were underdrafted, both of these kids have were underdrafted. I think they were both in the teens. <laughs> and I think I think Adebayo went. Uh, did he go two after or one after Donovan Mitchell? Right in that right in that area in 2017. Yeah, in the middle of the first round. I don't. Know yeah, it's like one or two ahead. spots after Mitchell was taken. Obviously, the Jazz Clearly, they made that game day trade, yeah. and that was a great trade or game, draft day trade. But Adebayo is a big time player himself. He had 32 points in the uh, closeout game, and clearly, if they redrafted those drafts, those guys would go higher. But yeah. too late now, Miami's got him. So, are we picking the Lakers over Miami? Yeah, I am. Yeah, the Laker bench, I was wrong. I did not think they had enough on that bench. Well, no, I expect time, Kuzma. They didn't, have, they didn't have Rondo at the time. No. So, they got to add Ku- him back in. I expect Kuzma to, to do stuff. So having him contribute off the bench, I expect that every game out of him. Just he's going to be decent enough. Sometimes he has the opportunity and he cashes in on it being really good. But Howard, Caruso, Rondo, much better bench than I anticipated. And LeBron is still a phenomenal ball player, has been for so long that yeah, I'm expecting. Unfortunately for those around us who don't want the Lakers, I'm expecting them to win. Yeah, worst-case scenario. The team's good enough to carry it to the fourth quarter, and then LeBron takes over in the fourth quarter. That looks like the recipe. Utah Jazz announced the hiring of Del Demp. Del Demps and Keon Dooling added to Quinn Snyder's staff, and uh, Snyder knows them from uh, connection to the G League days in Austin. Uh, you surprised that Demps, after the front office role, is uh, back into coaching? I guess that would be the surprise for me a little bit. Not surprised that uh, looking for uh, ways to fill out the staff, Quinn would go to people he crossed paths with earlier in his career. That that seems pretty obvious. I don't know. They're assistant coaches. So, yeah, great. I don't know anything. About, I mean, I know Demps was in management, but he wants a job, and Quinn Snyder is a friend of his, and so Quinn Snyder thinks that those guys can help him. Great. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. St. Louis Cardinals grab a playoff berth on the final day by beating the Milwaukee Brewers 5-2. So they're into the postseason, but Milwaukee backed in when the Giants and the Phillies also got beat. So, now it's best two out of three wild card series. A little danger here, PK. Two out of three. That can get away from you really quickly. Uh, or you can uh, dominate also, too. I mean, yeah, this is postseason. 
You get a pitcher and a hitter, gets a clutch hit, and a pitcher gets hot. Although you'd have to think they'd probably be hot at this point. So, yeah, now, now it's the postseason already. And the Angels making a uh, change after five straight losing seasons. The general manager, Billy Epler, is out. That decision already made. They were just waiting for the season to end. They lose to the Dodgers 5-0, and he's gone. Maybe this will get Mike Trout into the postseason. Uh, pitching will. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL and Minnesota split the points. A scoreless game. Andrew Putna coming up big in goal with three big saves when it looked like Minnesota's about to score. So RSL gets their first point ever out of a trip to Minnesota. And now they come home to face LAFC, who unexpectedly split the points with San Jose. 1-1. PK, this is getting distracting down here. They were in Provo, and Chad Lewis just came around the corner. It's like we're sitting in this kind of alcove, and so you got two quarters and people can sneak up on you. You've had multiple administrators now. The National Football Football Foundation is having their annual golf tournament here. So we got... uh, we got people arriving early here. We'll have uh, we'll be talking some football later today, and uh, Chad's going to join us at uh, eight o'clock. That's smart to talk football. You know, my good friend Snakes. You know how much I love soccer, but I, I have a hard time rejoicing in ties. Yeah, I know. And I hear you. Know, you. you go downstairs or whatever you want to call it, and the first two questions to interview uh, for your coach was: I wrote them down. How proud were you? How impressed were you? They didn't win the game. <laughs> I know. You know, and their ties that feel like wins and their their ties that feel like losses. When they scored twice late in Portland to get a point, everyone's fired up. It felt like a win. This one, this one felt like a tie. It just felt like a tie. But how proud were you? How impressed were you? Neither. Yeah. We didn't win the game. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right, DJ PK, What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, Kevin White, Eric Jacobson. Uh, Kevin's the Utah State radio analyst. Eric Jacobson, the president-elect of the National Football Foundation, Utah chapter. They're going to join us later this hour. John Hartwell, Utah State Athletic Director. Chad Lewis, the former BYU star, Eagles tight end. Robbie Bosco, the former BYU quarterback, slated to be here at 8. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider in the 9 o'clock hour. And PK, in radio, he's the great white whale. Are we going to speak with Tom Homo today? A definite maybe in the 9 o'clock hour. It could be. It might happen. Well, I read the text, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. All right, DJ and PK, that's what's on tap for today. Live from Riverside Country Club, Provo, the National Football Foundation Golf Tournament. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.